I'm ready. So, yep, there we go. Then we're going to go two box with Chad, and we're off and running. All right. Are we recording? Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Here we go. Whew. Three, two, one. The Gators are about to make a big splash. Knoxville is the place to be this weekend if you're a five-star recruit and a pair of picks on the recruiting prediction machine. This is the Inside Scoop, and I am your host, Josh Newberg. We're going to get right into it, bringing on Director of Recruiting for On3, Chad Simmons. Chad, uh, where are you at? Early in the morning out here on the West Coast, man, uh, Southern California. Beautiful weather, uh, talented prospects, man. Blessed to be here. Yeah, you're, we're going to have all the info on your West Coast swing on Monday. A lot of West Coast flair to that show. But today, we're talking about what is happening around the country in recruiting. And it doesn't get bigger than what's about to happen in Knoxville. Alabama coming to town. Neyland Stadium is going to be hopping like it hasn't been in maybe 10 years or so or longer. Uh, there's also going to be a ton of talent on campus. Let's start with the big name official visitor, Samuel Impimba, five-star edge out of IMG. We talk about him a lot on this show, and most of it is in terms of UGA. But today, Tennessee, or I'm sorry, this weekend, Tennessee is going to get him on campus. What do they have to do to make up ground on Georgia? You know, they have to make, I think, make a pretty significant ground on George. I mean, he is going back to Georgia next weekend for his official visit to Athens. So this is really Tennessee's, I think, final shot to kind of make that impact, maybe make him maybe hold off longer on a decision, really make him think harder about the Tennessee volunteers. They have to really get they're going to have his family on campus, too, which is very important to him. Uh, and I think they obviously are trailing, you know, Georgia at this point. So really rolling out the red carpet, showing him a great game day environment, getting in to show him how he can fit into that defensive scheme if he went there. Uh, really get into just getting to know him and showing him why he should pick Tennessee. But I think it's a pretty significant, you know, visit in far, as far as Tennessee having to make up a lot of ground this weekend. One of the more intriguing unofficial visitor names is something that you brought to the forefront just a couple days ago. Four-star wide receiver and Ohio State commit Carnell Tate could potentially be taking an unofficial visit to Tennessee this weekend. He's been rock solid to Ohio State. First of all, do you think he ends up showing up in Knoxville? And if he does, what does it mean for Tennessee? Man, Josh, you never know anymore in recruiting. Just, you know, you hear one thing one minute, something else changes five minutes later. You know, I think at the time that we record this show, uh, I expect him to be in Tennessee this weekend. Now, you know, until he, a kid like that shows, you never really know. Ohio State obviously is doing all they can uh, to keep him at home. Uh, not in Knoxville, obviously, at one time, Tennessee had the lead and had the momentum from Car for Carnell Tate. Uh, Ohio, Ohio State swung that back their way late before he made that decision. So uh, Tennessee's never gone away. It got quiet a little bit for a short amount of time. But well, one thing I can say for certain is that Tate has had communication with Tennessee from wide receivers, Coach Kendall Pope, to Josh Heupel, to Coach Golish, the OC. Communication's been there. Uh, and right now, he's expected in Nosh Knoxville. Let, let's see what happens come Saturday. 
Yeah, and, and it will be significant if he shows up in Knoxville because it's clear that the Ohio State staff is trying to prevent this from happening, which, you know, in recruiting, this is kind of normal a normal thing for, for a committed team to do. Um, let's talk about another unofficial visitor that's kind of been popping up in Knoxville quite a bit. That's David Hobbs, a newly minted five-star on on three, one of the best defensive linemen in America. He's going to be taking this game in as an unofficial. What does this tell you? I think it says a lot, Josh. I mean, a couple weeks ago, he took trips to Ohio State and Michigan. Two schools kind of come in late or later than some others mm -hmm. uh, in this race. But last weekend, he thought about going to Alabama A&M. He thought about going to Georgia-Auburn. He decided to stay home. This weekend, he's not staying home. He's going back on the road, back to the University of Tennessee, his second trip this fall to Knoxville. And I think, you know, according to one source, he'll be watching his top two schools play this weekend, Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, I think both those schools are, are highly competitive in the race for Hobbs, the D lineman out of Concord, North Carolina. Uh, again, he still has upcoming OVs to Alabama and Georgia. As of now, Ohio State are, and Michigan are both trying to maybe get him to change his mind and take an OV to their schools. But Tennessee has done a great job recruiting him, recruiting his family. Remember, his sister is a 2024 elite basketball prospect as well. She likes UT basketball. They're a tight-knit family. They would love nothing more, the parents, to see both kids end up at the same school. So not only is Hobbs, Davin, looking at UT this weekend again, but the younger sister is as well. So keep that in mind also. So that's a very positive thing for the University of Tennessee. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but what would a win for Tennessee do for their recruiting? I mean, I think it would just solidify that Tennessee's back and just really just that what the job that Heupel's done, I think surprises all of us this quickly. Not, not saying he couldn't coach, did a great job at UCF, um, but to, you know, beat Florida, you know, Florida's not maybe elite this season, but to beat them and kind of break that run of Florida beating Tennessee, to step up and knock off Alabama, which is a huge game every year in October for the University of Tennessee. You know, I say wins and losses don't always affect a kid's decision, at least one or two. But you're talking about Tennessee going 6-0, 7-0, 8-0, quickly moving up those rankings and showing every week they can compete with the best. That would help them win a battle or two. I promise you that come come December. All right. Uh, and a quick follow-up to what we reported on Monday with four-star edge Keldrick Falk, uh, the Alabama four-star, was going to take a visit to Knoxville for this game, but he's committed to Florida State. Uh, the news hit our VolQuest site on Friday, and by Tuesday – the Florida State staff basically put the kibosh on this. You know, they're not going to let one of their prized defensive line recruits take an official visit to Tennessee for that Alabama game when at the same time FSU is hosting Clemson at home. So they somehow or another got to Keldrick Falk, talked to him. One thing led to another. And guess what? Keldrick Falk will be in Tallahassee this weekend for the FSU-Clemson game. So we'll still continue to keep an eye on that. But for now, I would say things are solid between Falk and Florida State. Um, let's move on to five-star edge Keon Keeley. Coming off his visit to Alabama, coming off of his visit to Ohio State, it sure sounds like, hey, maybe this recruitment is over. Maybe it's time to make a decision. Unless he shows up in Gainesville this weekend for their game against LSU. Ga uh, the, the Gators were kind of a team that we all thought 
coming off of his decommitment from Notre Dame would be a major player. But you've been following this recruitment, and it sure seems like a two-team race. Now, if he shows up in Gainesville this weekend, does that does that mean that the Gators are solidly in this? Yeah, I mean, if he shows up, Josh, I think obviously you can't you know rule them out. And even if he doesn't, can you really rule anybody out anymore? I mean, anything can happen. He grew up a Florida fan. His family likes University of Florida. It's close to home. You know, there's still some factors in there that uh, only help Billy Napier in that program, uh, the in-state program. But, you know, as of right now, I don't expect him to be at the Swamp this weekend. One thing I knew heading into this weekend is Keon's not just an elite pass rush guy. He also can sing a little harmony. He can do a little, you know, uh, boys to men, backstreet boys. He has a concert with the chorus at Berkeley Prep on Saturday night as well. So we, we knew there was going to be some things had to be moved around uh, for him to, to fit in and get to the University of Florida this weekend. It, it was never ruled out, but based on the intel I picked up on Wednesday, at that point, he, he was not likely to be at Florida this weekend. So again, I don't rule Florida out, but I do think Alabama and Ohio State are ahead of the in-state school right now. Okay, so if he doesn't show up anywhere this weekend, do you think that means he's closing in on his, a decision? He came out and said, it won't be a surprise. Like, whatever I do, whenever I do it, it's not going to be a surprise. I'm going to let the media know of a date when I set it. So what does that mean to you if he doesn't show up? Do you think that there's a possibility we see a commitment maybe by the end of the month, or do you think it goes all the way to the early signing day in December? Well, I don't think it goes to December. I'll say that. I mean, okay. first, I mean, I, I do think it's possible, you know, he commits, you know, this month at some point. I think really, in reality, whether he shows up or not, uh, I think a decision is nearing. I, I do know there's been some discussions behind the scenes uh, with Berkeley Prep and, and getting their auditorium for a certain date and trying to figure out, not saying a date is set, and that's still in the works because Berkeley Prep has a ton of stuff going on academically, athletically, uh, at very big time school in, in the Tampa area. Mm -hmm. But there has been some early discussions about when it's available, what dates could possibly host a ceremony for Keon to commit. Uh, so I do know that's been discussed so that when that starts getting talked about with the people in the higher ups at Berkeley Prep, we know one is nearing a decision again, how soon, um, you know, you got what, two weeks left or so in October. So I, I really think in the next two to three weeks it is likely the timeline to make a decision. You know, I don't think if he doesn't visit anywhere this weekend, um, I think he may be done and just trying to figure out which school is best for him. All right. One of the uh, most intriguing recruits since his decommitment from Notre Dame late in the summer. And uh, like you said, maybe coming to an end soon. We'll see. Let's stay in Gainesville, though. Uh, it could be a big day for the Gators. We're expecting them to land a pair of DB recruits in three-star Bryce Thornton out of Georgia and four-star cornerback Dijon Johnson out of the Tampa Bay area. Uh, any final thoughts there? We're expecting them to announce their decision here in a couple hours. Yeah, still like Florida for both, Josh. I put in predictions on the on three recruiting prediction machine, you know, weeks and months ago for both of those guys. And uh, I still feel confident. I mean, 
Uh, it comes down to Alabama and Florida for Bryce Thornton, a guy that Florida covets. He's been on campus numerous times, a very versatile DB, great great running back in high school too, physicality. His dad played at Georgia, uh, so very athletic genes. His brother's playing college basketball, so uh, a great athlete, versatility. And then Dijon, you know, Ohio State commit at one time. Miami tried to get in the mix. Florida's had him on campus numerous times. I still like Florida there as well. So if Florida lands both, which is expected right now, they get a long athletic quarter in Dijon Johnson, a very versatile, you know, free safety nickel type guy in Bryce Thornton. So I think it could be a great day at the Swamp, you know, today. And a heck of a job by Corey Raymond in his first full year at Florida putting together this DB class. Um, but there's one more name floating out there that Gator fans want to add to this secondary, and that's five-star plus Cormani McLean out of the Lakeland area. There's some rumors that he might be in Gainesville this weekend. He canceled his official visit to Alabama last weekend. And there's rumors now that he could show up for this LSU game in Gainesville. What are you hearing? Yeah, you know, you're hearing what you kind of hear typically on the end of Cromani. We really don't know. You know, he, he's a very quiet reserve kid. I think Florida's working that angle, uh, trying to get him in town. They've had this day circled for a long time to get a lot or most of their top targets and, and commits on campus for the LSU weekend. Uh, so this has been in the works for a couple of months, getting Cormani back in town. He was at a game earlier this year. He's very familiar with the Swamp. Corey Raymond, you know, defensive back coach, very much involved with him and his family. Napier's involved as well. Um, you know, I think on the Gator side, they're hopeful he's in town. And if he, they get into town, that that's a big win for them alone. All right. We've talked a lot about Arian Carter. He's a linebacker that's committed to Memphis. That was kind of a, a flying under the radar name all summer. Then he just started a blow up offers from USC, Alabama, everybody else in between. Those are always fun stories to talk about. And we're seeing a new one. Tyler Scott out of Pem Pebblebrook, Georgia, I'm sorry, Mableton, Georgia, Pebblebrook High School. He is a 6'2", 185-pound corner that was committed to Arkansas State for a while, up until about two weeks ago. Sorry about your luck, Arkansas State, but the P5 schools are going to take over from here. Uh, he picked up an Alabama offer on Tuesday, and they, the offers haven't stopped. What are you hearing on Tyler Scott and what could become of his recruitment? Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to Tyler Scott uh, Wednesday evening. Actually, he had just hung up the phone with Nick Saban. So he had about a 20-minute call with Nick Saban. Uh, didn't get to really talk to him much at the Texas A&M game. That was his first time at Alabama over the weekend. Like you said, a couple of days later, Bama offers, uh, has a deep call with Nick Saban. Uh, he plans to go back to Alabama, uh, maybe for the Mississippi State game, maybe for an OV uh, in December. Uh, you know, Bama definitely, I think, is, has emerged quickly as the school to beat for Tyler Scott. But like you said, uh, I mean, Tennessee, Michigan State, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Louisville. Miami. Uh, I mean, they're all coming after him. Double-digit schools have offered him in the last, you know, seven to ten days. So, like he told me on the phone, kind of overwhelming trying to figure out, you know, who imagine. to talk to when to talk to him, handle the season, handle his academics, homework at night, how to fit it all in right now. It's been a lot for him to handle. Uh, but this weekend, it happened just after last after talking to Nick Saban. He got on the phone with Tennessee. He'll be at UT this weekend. And the season Tennessee's having, the momentum they have on the recruiting trail, the balls are definitely a team to watch as well. They offered him before 
Alabama. They offered him before he decommitted, uh, been in this a little bit longer. But uh, Alabama's clearly, I think, the front runner today. It's all happened so quickly for him. Uh, USC is a team to watch. They have not offered him yet. Uh, talking on the phone, a good bit he said to the USC coaches, he loved that offer. He maybe wants to come join me in LA, take an official visit to USC. Um, but Bama right now is trending for the super hot cornerback target, Tyler Scott. Yeah, uh, just an amazing recruitment. I couldn't imagine a month ago he's committed to Arkansas State, doesn't have any other offers. And now, like you said, maybe USC is going to come in, Alabama, Auburn. My, it's it's going crazy for him. So we'll continue to follow that recruitment. Uh, Chad, before I let you go, who are you going to see out on the West Coast? Because uh, we need some West Coast flair to this show. <laughs> well, I'll see a guy with some flair play tonight on Thursday. Now it's Malachi Nelson. I mean, driving the G-Wagon in the day, throwing five touchdowns at night, you know. So uh, the guy has some flair personality. I mean, the USC guys, Mikhail Lemon, to the big D lineman, uh, T.A. Cunningham. He just got eligible to play in California after transferring out from Georgia, my home state. But I'll see numerous guys going to see Roderick Pleasant practice today. Um, I'll see Mateo Uagangalele uh, later over the weekend, early early next week. I'll see Elite 2024s like quarterback Julian Sayan. Uh, so a lot of uh, top Southern California talent. A lot of those younger guys will be talking about in the, the months and years to come, Josh, 2024s, 2025s, um, getting those guys and building those relationships, picking up the intel out here on the West Coast Swing. All right, Chad. Well, enjoy your time in Cali. We'll talk to you Monday. Sounds good, Josh. See ya. We are back on the Inside Scoop. I have a special guest up next, J.D. Piquel of The Hard Count, and also my best friend. J.D., welcome to the Inside Scoop. How you doing? Josh, I'm doing a lot better now, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm fired up to talk some ball with you, and there is no shortage of topics here with college football heading into Week 7, man. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, let's go. We're midway through the college football season, and there's a couple – First-year head coaches at new schools that are struggling. You got LSU, Miami, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Those are kind of the main ones. Um, which new coach at the new school concerns you most? Yeah, it's a fair question. So in year one, obviously, a lot of these coaches are still trying to sort of get their feet up underneath them. You feel like LSU will eventually do that. We're kind of giving them a pass for year one. Like Notre Dame could eventually get there. They were hot on the recruiting trail for a minute. I know they fell off recently. The school that worries me the absolute most is Miami. Okay. I mean, Josh, think about it. This was a team that in Vegas to start the year, they were an eight and a half win team. That was the number that we threw out there for them. They're two and three right now. They have to win out the rest of the way to even try and find a way to get the over there. So the thing that concerns me the most about Miami is just the lack of things around TVD. Like Tyler Van Dyke was a guy we talked about being a Heisman Trophy candidate and all the things he was potentially going to be up for in the postseason. They're throwing the ball a whole lot because they don't have much of a running game and they're not able to really get anything established to add any balance to that system. So for me, I'm not necessarily panicking just yet, but if you had to be concerned about a program right now in a year one phase, it's the Hurricanes. Yeah, and I do think their, their slow start has impacted recruiting just a bit as well. I mean, you're talking about a team that was knocking on the door of a, of a number one class, of a top three class. It looked like for sure you'd have a top five class. Miami's currently ranked number nine. Holding on to a top ten class at this point is not what we expected. They got some really good players, though. They got five-star offensive lineman Francis Malagoa. They got Jaden Wayne. They got Jaden Rashada, the, the all-pro QB. 
they have a good recruiting class, but what is happening in Miami is not what we expected. I mean, this was a team that we thought was going to have a second wave. They recruited really well in the spring and kind of into the early parts of the summer. And we expected a second wave to come in August, maybe into September, but it didn't happen. And now, rather than Miami being an aggressive team on the recruiting trail in the months of October, November, and December, if they don't get back on track, they could be playing defense, just trying to hold on to some of these top recruits instead of adding to the class. So we'll see what happens, but it is having a small effect in recruiting as well. Um, which of these teams do you think gets it rolling first? Who gets this thing on track and going like it should be? The answer for me is LSU, just because you got a guy in Brian Kelly who's as proven of a commodity as it comes when it comes to being a head coach. He's won everywhere he's been. LSU, if they can just put a fence around the boot, if they can just get the guys in state they want to have, they're going to be in that upper tier of the SEC. And I think the LSU branding also is a lot easier to recruit with than maybe some of these other programs. So I just think LSU is a program that gets it rolling first. But with all that being said, they got to find a way to get all the bad out culture-wise and get all the good in. Because under year one with Brian Kelly, he's there for a reason because this thing isn't running correctly just yet. We're still seeing some of the impacts of the former regime, in my opinion. So once he gets his culture in there, gets his guys in there, I think LSU is going to be a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, and I'll say that for all the programs we mentioned. I'm not ready to hit the reset button on any of these first-year head coaches just yet. I think recruiting is vitally important to fuel the future of the program, but I think all these guys have a plan. And, you know, in this day and age of college football with the transfer portal, it's easy to flip a roster after year one. And I think that that's what we're going to see happen at these four programs. So... Uh, we'll, we'll stay on this, J.D. Thanks for joining me today, man. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. This is an absolute blast, and we'll have to cross-collaborate, get you on the hard count here soon, my guy. Yeah. J.D. Piquel from the hard count and my tag team partner. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me, and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.